Hello, everyone. I'm Chris White. And I'm Stevens Brown. And we are from Tap Pest Control Insulation. And again, thank you for downloading our podcast. Uh, We're glad you took the time to listen to us. Hey, Stevens, before we get going on today's episode, I did want to just tell you a little story. I was finally able to go on that helicopter ride that I wanted to go on, you know. Really? Yeah. Every year there's a fair, you know, that that goes on. They have a helicopter there. Mm -hmm. You know, it started a few years ago. My wife and I. I went over, I saw the helicopter, and I said, hey, honey, can we go on the helicopter ride? And she said, no, 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 it's $50. $50 is $50. And I'm like, all right. So then the next year came, and they were there again. And I said, come on, honey, we didn't do it last year. Let's go on the helicopter ride. And she said, oh, it's $50. You know, that's a lot of money. $50 is $50. We, you know, forget it. So we didn't go. So this past year, we finally went. And uh, nice. the, the guy, yeah, we went and I said, hey, honey, look, it's it's $50. But she had the same. She said, it's $50. That's a lot of money. $50 is $50. And the guy overheard her, right? Yeah. The guy running it. And he came over and he said, hey, I'll tell you what. If you can be quiet the entire time on this helicopter ride, then it'll be free. Ooh. But if you say a word then you have to pay the 50. So we both agreed. We said, all right. So we got in and, and he went up and he started like just doing these crazy moves, like spinning around, up, you know, just doing all kinds of weird stuff. Felt like we we're flipping around, but we didn't say a word. Yeah. And we're quite, finally the, he goes to, to land. He's like, all right, well, you guys didn't say a word. So you've, you've earned your free ride. I turned around and said, yeah, you know, it was tough, especially when she fell out, but $50 is $50. <laughs> Jeez. Jeez. <laughs> oh, the poor wives. Any wives listening to this show? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, got to start off with something. That was, anyway. That was a good one. Yeah, let's, uh, let's roll into uh, today's topic, uh, and, it, and it's a good one. It's an important one. Um, today, we're going to be talking about, you know, pricing out jobs and what we like to do chris and i talk about offering a good better and best pricing option and we think you know it's one of the best way to land jobs yeah you know it's um i I, the reason we do this is good better best i mean there's obviously a reason behind the theory of it um but i think one of the things that i like to do during a training is that uh, especially if it's a new group of salespeople, yeah um i'll just stand up there and say you know how much does it cost to insulate a 1500 square foot attic and i just leave it at that now they usually start guessing anywhere from 200 to ten thousand dollars and you know the fact is i've never told them if we're removing everything or how much we're putting in or what has to be done. I don't tell them anything. And all they're just thinking is a 1500 square foot attic. Well, that's not unlike any homeowner and they just have a price in their mind, but they have no basis for it. Right. Yep. So the the trouble is the homeowner thinks that if it's going to cost $200 to do the job and you come in and just price them out at 3,500, then they're probably going to tell you it costs too much. And there's no basis for that whatsoever. So that's why it's really important you know, number one, for us to let them know what we're doing, right? What, what, 
what does it entail to do the complete job? Because a lot of times they don't know. They just think you're going in, putting an insulation, and leaving. Yeah, they don't know what's involved. No, exactly. I think you, I think you put the hit the nail on the head there. So many times we just, you know, don't do a good job at describing what we're going to do. You know, before we even get into the good, better, best, it's, it's hey, you know, Mister, Mrs. Homeowner, we're going to come in. We look at your attic ventilation, right? We're going to address your recessed light covers. You know, we're going to we're going to wear shoe booties as we're walking throughout the house doing the job. And hey, by the way, you know, we're also going to put in a hatch master that addresses, you know, your entrance and your exit into your attic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of, you know, and, and all of the different things. If you're going to be, you know, putting up, putting down plastic, protecting their walls, all those things, you really need to let them know that yep. because otherwise they again they don't know how many if you think about this right how many times does somebody have their attic insulated it, it, zero maybe once <laughs> once in their life twice yeah it just depends right once or twice maybe but you know you could easily somebody knows like say you're a, a three year lease on a ford explorer yep. what would that cost you know people can probably back into that or at least do an educated guess or find something where they don't know with an addict they have no idea so that's where we really need to help them out and using a good better best system really does help them along the way and and not just giving them the one answer to say this is what you need and if that number doesn't match then you're either going to get a you know oh it's too much money or I'll take it because I thought it was $10,000 and you gave them a price of 3,500, yep. you know, then, then you run the risk of maybe they thought you were doing a lot more <laughs> than what you're actually doing. Um, so that's why we need to make sure we're very clear in selling exactly what we're doing. Right. Yep, exactly. And, and options are always good. You know, we, we talk about, you know, using the good, better, best program. And it kind of translates into this, you know, Chris and I, we always teach and base our selling off of, is what the U.S. Department of Energy recommends, you know, not building code, not install code, uh, whatever you want to call it. It's a very, very minimal install. We like to go with what the U.S. Department of Energy recommends. And from that, you know, generally you can come with a, a good, better, best, meaning a good maybe, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Homeowner, we can come in, we can do an R38. Our better program, we can come in and do an R49. Or our best program, you know, maybe an R60, depending upon where you are in the country. Right. And, and that's and that's just one way to slice and dice it. You know, you're you're looking at it from our 38, 49 and 60. But let's say we were in a part of the country where it's in our 49 and in our 60. Yep. And, and those are, you know, anywhere between those ranges. And typically that's the two cutoff. You're either going to do a 49 or you're going to go up to a 60. Yep. So so at that point, we might want to look at um, are we insulating over the garage or not? Yep. You know, and that, that's an option we can add in or leave out. Yep. Um, if you're doing um, an attic restoration, maybe you know, and, and maybe the good is you know you you might take out the uh, um, deodorizing. Yeah, the the, you know? the DSV or the Sterafab or the Vital Oxide Step, you know, whatever you're taking there. Yeah, it, it's good. Yeah, to whatever let, you're using to let them know the different options, like you said. And, and there's always something you can kind of generally. There's always something you can do to kind of tweak it or, or make them feel appreciated in a, in a custom program, so to speak. Right. And you could do the same if someone says, look, I want an R60. I want, you know, that's what I want. Um, so you don't have to go in with one price on an R60 either. Yep. You know, you could you could alter some other items in there to, you know, like the deodorization, maybe not going over the garage, maybe, um, you know, different areas where you might be able to adjust the price 
but still not adjust the quality of the job itself. Yep, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, so those are those are some of the things you know we like to to let people know that you know let's uh, try to do that good, better, best because I, I you know also the theory behind it is that with good, better, best is that homeowners typically gravitate to the middle. That's kind of how that marketing end of it works is that they don't want the lowest level. You know, I don't want to, I don't want the cheapest. Yep. I don't want the, I don't need the Cadillac. Yeah. You know, I'm going to go right to the middle. Yeah, no, ex- exactly. Yeah. And, and I think there, there is something, you know, to, to be said behind that as far as, Hey, you know, <laughs> show them the options and generally kind of let them choose. It gives them almost kind of some control and ownership in the, in the sales conversation. And I, and I think you're exactly right. A lot of them do go with the, 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 the middle option, the average option. So. Right. Yeah. And this is, you know, so unlike a lot of other things that you may be selling in pest control that might be a little bit more on the competitive side where this is a lot of times tends to fall on the uh, homeowner just understanding what's going on, which is why we say it's it's so important to describe everything that's going on. And, you know, that that's really what's going to make the difference. Yep. Right. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. You've got to build value into the sale and letting them know all the steps and everything you're going to look at and take care of them for you. And then, you know, offer them those options, build them, you know, their own custom program and allow them to choose. And I think, uh, I think you'll be very, very successful. No doubt. Well, hey, let's, uh, we had some questions come in. Um, All right. We got, we had two this week as well. Uh, first question, we had uh, John out in California and he wants to know, he says, what are your thoughts on truck mounted gas machines and PTO driven machines? Ooh, that is a good question. Yeah, you know, I, I get those um, occasionally. Um, I personally am not a huge fan of the larger uh, gas machines or, or PTO-driven machines if you're, you know, typically just doing residential attics. Yeah. Um, those machines are typically set up for uh, larger commercial buildings yep. where you have a larger, wider area to go through. Yep. Um, the reason behind it is they do run at a higher uh, air pressure level. So, you know, where uh, a standard electric, say our 425, 475 or 575 are going to run anywhere between three and three and a half um, uh, pounds, you know, P- pounds of PSI, air. PSI, yeah. Yeah, PSI. Um, <laughs> really <laughs> brain farted hey, it's on It's all right, one. man. It happens. <laughs> uh, 3.5 PSI, uh, pounds per square inch. That's it. And <laughs> so, the, the gas mounted and, and PTO driven, they're actually going to run upwards of six to six and a half. They're going to be a lot, you know, almost, uh, almost twice. Yeah. And um, that's a lot of air to be pushing a lot of material. Now you think you're going to be pushing, you know, tons of material. In fact, you're actually going to be pushing that material at the end of those hoses and it's going to be bouncing off the ceiling. Yeah. I, I was going to say, I, John, I've, I've used some of those, you know, and if I'm, if I'm insulating like a, a football field, so to speak, <laughs> they'd be perfect. You know, they'd be yeah. great, but you know, I've used some in the attic in, in there. I literally can't move from position to position fast enough to be able to take advantage of how fast that stuff throws it out. I just yeah. right, but then you know, then what do you do? Yeah. Right, you turn the air down. Yep. Right, and and now now you've basically turned the air down to match what a one of the other machines would do. Now you're you're down to three and a half psi, so you've essentially spent you know ten up to twenty grand or more on a piece of equipment that you now have to turn down and treat it like a four seventy five or a five seventy five. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's really just not, you know, if you want to get more production, which I think is why people want to go to those, those machines, um, you really ought to look at just getting two machines, yeah. two, two of the say five seventy fives, because you're going to be able to use two of them in an attic. And rather than doing 93 bags, you know, per um, hour, you do 186 and you've doubled your production that, it does mean you have to add an extra person. You know, you could run still two machines out of the truck, one person loading them, but you'd have to have a second person in the attic uh, putting it in. Yeah. Um, and that would essentially double your production. Although doing that, I, I'm not sure it saves that much time that it's worth doing either. Whereas one person could probably, you know, still get it all done in about four hours. I don't think it equates to exactly half the time by adding two people up yeah. there because you, you do get in the way. Yeah, to, to <laughs> me, there's kind of some other areas you can take a look at to be, you know, the utmost efficient. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of our two cents on the, on the gas mounted and the, and the PTO driven machines, John, hope that kind of helps you out and gives you some insight and some thought. Um, let's yeah. One, one other, one other thing on that I just want to add is that, you know, the, the, the gas machines, it's also becomes another uh, piece of equipment you have to maintain even yep. more. Uh, the gas equipment does require more maintenance than the electric machines that we have. So you're adding that to it yeah, as well. Yeah, that is true. Yep. And, and so, and, and PTO driven are obviously driven by the power transmission of the truck you're using. So now you're running your truck to power the machine and that also becomes another maintenance issue. So uh, yeah, bottom line, John, I'm not a big fan of it. Um, I, you know, I, I'd, I'd rather look at some other ways to save some time on a job than, uh, than trying to go to that yeah, option. Awesome. So the second question we got in here came from uh, Lewis and he is in Iowa and he said, do you have to dam around bathroom fans? Oh, that's a good question. I, I do get those quite a bit because we do dam around um, heat producing appliances. Now, typically bathroom fans and so forth, the fan is actually in the in the floor itself. It's not really above the floor into the attic. Um, and then the shroud or the, the vent going out is um, is sort of covering it itself. And you can you can typically insulate right over top yeah. of that. Um, if you wanted to be a little extra safe or say it wasn't in great condition or you could see into it, for yeah. instance, um, number one, you may want to either change the hose going out uh, or two, I've seen uh, we sell something called 10 yep. mat, which is also a light cover. Um, you can use those and kind of put a hole through the top of them, run that hose through there. Um, say if there's an opening to the fan into the attic, then you want to insulate up to it. You can put that over the top of it, put a hole in the top of that 10 mat, run the vent hose out of that. And that will essentially seal all the way around that. Um, but most times those are self-contained and enclosed. So you, you don't really have to go to that, but I've seen older ones that you might. So that's a good question, Lewis. I, um, you know, that, that is one we get quite a bit. Do you have anything else to add? To no, I, I don't think so. I think you covered it. Um, like you said, if you, if it's open, you can see into it. The tin mats are great to put around just to kind of block some of the, the tap from getting in and falling around. Uh, my, my biggest thing is always just try to look to where the, uh, the, the exhaust, if it's got a pipe or a hose coming to it, you know, make sure that is, you know, secure and going to where it needs to be. But. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Hey, um, 
John and Lewis, thank you very much for your questions. Again, we got a, a tap swag pack on its way out to you already. We appreciate it. Um, uh, keep those, those questions coming in folks. We do love to answer your questions. Um, we try to answer all of them. Uh, even if they're not on here, we'll try to respond. Uh, you know, we're not getting them on the podcast. We will respond to you, but send them over to podcast at tap insulation.com. And, uh, We'll see what we can do to get you some yeah, answers. Yeah, so chugging right along, we've got herd in the field. And again, these are some stories that have come in from listeners like you guys, where we've experienced them ourselves. And so, Chris, we had one come in from William in Tennessee. What do we What do we have this week? Yeah, we got one. You don't have to hear my stupid <laughs> jokes, although I, yeah. I stuck one in you there got in the, me beginning, in the beginning on yeah. purpose. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we did have one. Um, yeah, William out in Tennessee, he um, he said he listened to our podcast about uh, pressure gauges. So uh, those of you who don't know, we have uh, pressure gauges now, that PSI thing I couldn't think of earlier. Um, but <laughs> that's the, uh, the pressure gauge that goes to test the machine uh, to see what kind of uh, pressure you have and then test your um, airlock seals. So um, he said that we were describing um, what his machines were doing, that he was losing pressure. Uh, he wasn't quite getting the the, uh, per, the performance that he once originally did. He used to have, you know, jobs take a half day and now they're taking a day getting or some, longer. Getting some poofs of cellulose in the air. Yeah, he thought, well, he said he thought it was his guys just yeah. slacking, you know. So he went on site and he was working with them and he found out it, the machine was just not working as well. So he heard a podcast and he bought a awesome. pressure gauge to test his machine. Yeah. And he said, sure enough, he was running at about two PSI in the static mode. So he wasn't turning on his airlock, just let it run through. It was about two yeah. PSI and it, it dropped to about a half a pound when he turned the oh, airlock wow, on. Yeah. So, I mean, that is significant. And you know what? That's easy to do because you're sitting there working with your machine all day. It slowly starts to fade away. You don't really yep. notice it, you know, it's, and, and that's, that's what happened. He said that he changed the seals and it made a world of difference. He now, um, he's now back to doing jobs in a half awesome. a day. So yeah, that's a, that's the kind of story you like to hear, you know, we like to, you know, we were able to help somebody out and uh, that's what this is all about. That's what we're trying to do here. So um thanks yeah. william we yeah, really appreciate absolutely and, and, and anybody else who has stories like that please you know re reach out let us know we're happy to uh to help you out and and uh put them on put them on the podcast so yeah um hey stevens before we we end this show i, I wanted to yeah. ask you something did i ever did i ever tell you the last thing my grandfather said before he kicked the bucket <laughs> i don't think so no uh he said he said want to see how far i can kick this bucket <laughs> Anyway, the show is that over. That was a good one. That was a good one. <laughs> Wrapping it up. All right. All right. That'll do it for now. We hope to see you guys next time. Until then, right, be folks, well. Have a good one. And remember, keep those feet on the joist.